G'day, welcome to Radio Notes, where those in music talk life and those in life chat music and more. I'm John Murch. Today, the virus has taken over the front page headlines of the world. But what are musicians able to do about that? In a rare change of tact for this very show, I am going to address the news of the day in a conversation with one of the artists who's put a compilation together to help those artists affected by it. Let's head straight into our feature guest for today. Banding Together for Support Act is a compilation of 18 Australian bands with a tune each put together by Backburner Records. In the mix, Chelsea Manor's Lotion, Peak Park's Insides, Honestan's Date Night and Sirius Crown's The Hardest Truth, to name just a few. Nathan Williams from the DIY label and band TV Dinners joins us for a chat. Nathan Williams, welcome to Radio Notes. G'day, John. Thanks for having me, mate. Let's run through the nuts and bolts in this next 25, 30 minutes or so of what's been happening. So obviously, it's a compilation of 18 bands have got together in less than 24 hours to put together a compilation to support Support Act. Where were you at before you decided to do this compilation? What was that spark? Well, initially, I was just trying to figure out how I can support you know, the local music industry or even like local venues, even before they had shut down all the uh, venues. Um, There's a little bit of a weird time there where, you know, you sort of could go out, but you couldn't and they could have bands, but, you know, no one sort of wanted to risk, you know, anyone getting sick or anything like that. So I was sort of seeing maybe I could put together like a, a charity gig for a local venue or something like that. But I realized probably the best bet would be to maybe put together an album possibly I've always, you know, really enjoyed compilation albums and I thought this might be a good idea. Put as many bands as I can on there and then, you know, reach as many people as possible. And through Bandcamp, you're not limited per se by the length of an album, like the 10, 11 track kind of scenario as well. But let's firstly talk about this interest of yours, Nathan, of the compilation album. I grew up in the year of the CMJ compilation, which was attached to a magazine yeah. and it literally went from A to Z of the musical genre. Where was your first interest of the compilation music release? Yeah, probably looking back, maybe um magazine called Blunt Magazine, which was, you know, sort of um, Australian, you know, punk and hardcore sort of bands. Um, and you'd always get a CD with that with a bunch of bands, some bands you've heard, some you haven't. It's even cool looking back now. I've still got a bunch of those CDs and I go, oh, that's that band I really like there. And, and you know, I, I look back and that's when I might have firstly heard them and sort of gone from there and, you know, obviously gotten purchase their, their proper albums and, and keep looking for more stuff, you know, sussing out all their different releases. But maybe maybe in terms of, yeah, I guess it's like the DIY aesthetic where, you know, bands come together and especially in the punk scene, you hear a lot of things, you know, charity albums and stuff like that. So I guess that's the main influence. In terms of the algorithm that ends up being put on the uh, streaming services, for example, where people might think, well, there's a compilation of different bands and tunes, but it's still some sort of algorithm, some sort of computer interpretation. Here, you've created a release of 18 songs that do reach maybe not all the genres, but do have a gamut of genre within them. Let's talk about some of the bands on there. Were they as receptacle as I would think they would be for putting their music forward? Yeah, everyone was really keen. I personally messaged a couple of my friends' bands because I knew they'd probably be keen. Did a couple of different posts on different blogs and, and forums and stuff and, and people were just emailing me all the time and a lot of bands were just, you know, putting their hand up and offering a track and sort of going, look, if it doesn't suit it, don't worry, but we'd be 
you know, would be a privilege to be on it. And I sort of was more of the case of looking at, uh, you know, putting as many bands as possible. I sort of didn't worry about genres, you know. It, it's really the more people that are going to see it, the better. And in terms of flow, you've achieved what many people can't on these kind of compilations as much <laughs> as they try, and that is some sort of consistency in terms of listenability. Were you aware of that? Was it something you thought about before putting it out? Yeah, definitely. Like we spoke about before, how I had probably, you know, less than 24 hours to put it together so I could get it out so we could take advantage of, yeah, Bandcamp waiving their revenue share and their fees. So it was pretty rushed to put together, but I did take a bit of time and sort of try to put a little bit of flow in there. So it's not going from a really, you know, poppy song into a really heavy hardcore song. Try and try and make it, you know, as listenable as possible. But I think anyone listening sort of understood it's just a variety of bands coming together for the uh, the same cause, you know, raising money for support acts. And a bit of a reminiscence of what live music used to sound like finishing on a live track as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we initially released uh, I think maybe fifteen or sixteen tracks, and I had a couple of friends that were sort of a little bit, you know, a little bit late to get it to me before Bandcamp. Um, that twenty-four hours of Bandcamp wavering their share, but it sort of was a point, you know, it meant a lot to pretty much all the bands to put their music on it because you know a lot of bands or a lot of artists now are sort of out of work. We're talking about the changing environment in the year 2020 where the virus that won't be named pretty much decided that live music, in fact, a lot of things in our lives won't go ahead. And this is basically the bread and butter of a lot of musicians to to do the live and to engage with their audience. What's the vibe you're getting there in Frankston and Victoria in Australia at the moment? Well, we have pretty select venues down Frankston. There's only a couple that would put on live music. We have Pally Bar, which we get some pretty big acts coming through. I like to head down to the local Young Street Supper Club, and they always have local bands. My band just played there a couple of months ago, which is good fun. But in terms of live music, I think personally, my, my friends and I, we've just been missing just going out um, on the weekends, you know, grabbing a bite to eat or a beer and, and watch some live music. Not that I took it for granted, but... Yeah, that's all I really I really enjoy doing that and that's all I sort of feel like doing at the moment, but unfortunately we can't. Yeah, Victorian Premier, who uh, runs that particular state part of uh, Australia, is pretty keen on his beers, it seems, and letting people eventually get back to them, but just not yet. I want to talk about the music, though. What do you think, as a musician, is the importance of releasing music during these times? A lot of people aren't deciding not to, but what's your view on that? Yeah, I think it's a tough one. Like, There's so much information and and stuff being released at the moment, you know, people sharing every possible thought that they have on on the current situation, which I think is great, but there is a lot of information out there. I know a lot of bands that are releasing stuff at the moment, they already had it planned, and it's sort of, yeah, people are listening, but we're all a bit concerned, I guess, maybe even just getting by, you know what I mean, even financially, or, you know, just the basics of looking after yourself. Sometimes the last thing you're sort of looking into is, is new releases, but at the same time, I think it's good. Like everyone's sort of quite bored at home. So people are pretty keen to consume, you know, TV or music or, or, or books or anything like that. And also from the creative point of view, the issue of actually sharing it live and not being able to at this particular stage, whether or not it's, it's relevant in terms of releasing music if you can't tour it live at the same time. I know a lot of bands, they like doing their single launches and their EP launches and album launches and I don't know, maybe we took it a bit for granted back in the, in the day, but I think uh, I, maybe maybe bands are going to look into newer ways of promoting. Like there's always been the standard social media stuff, but 
maybe uh, compilations and stuff like we put together for Support Act, maybe that's a good way of getting things through to people. Um, with our label Backburner, I think we're looking at the next stage, which might be, you know, maybe putting a compilation together of bands, songs that were written and, and recorded in isolation, see what sort of the common themes are going to be and go from there. What kind of output are you seeing from those being inside? Well, in terms of local bands, I see a lot of bands that are either, a lot of older bands, I see a lot of them re-releasing some of their albums that haven't even been on the streaming services before, you know, that it might have been released before streaming and Spotify and all that was um, in existence. So I think that's really cool. Like, it's good to listen back to albums that personally you might not even have because they were released on CD or something back in the day, limited releases and stuff like that. But now I'm thinking I'm, a, lot, a lot more people are stuck at home. They want something to do. They're going to, you know, they put together a song and stuff like that. So I'm going to do a bit of a call out to local bands pretty soon and see if anyone wants to give anything um, for the next compilation. And I think you might see some songs about the virus and the complete shutdown and isolation. But I think we don't want to give all our power to that sort of thing. I think it's, there's always still other emotions to um, express. Nathan Williams is our special guest. We're talking about a compilation called Banding Together for Support Act, a compilation support act organisation looking after or keeping an eye out for those members in the music entertainment industry who definitely would not be doing too well in these current times. What's your involvement or your engagement with Support Act been over the years, if at all? I probably only really heard about it maybe a year or two ago. I think just when everything started shutting down, I, I definitely had them in the back of my mind thinking, you know, this could be a good charity to help support and also a good place to send any of my friends or anyone that is struggling who have lost all their income. I know they do a bunch of counselling or they also have financial aid and everything like that. So I think it's a great starting point for a lot of artists if they are struggling, whether it be during current predicament or, you know, anytime during the year. You're on the line with us now, Nathan. I mean it very sincerely. How are you? Yeah, very good, thanks. Yeah, just trying to stay, stay busy and trying to stay active and um, yeah, keep my head up and, and just go from there. What's helping you through this isolation type period that we're currently going through? Probably the main thing I've always relied on even before this, this uh, time is you know, uh, getting out every day, exercising. Um, I'm sort of struggling. I, I like to do Pilates and I like to go to the gym, but I can't do that at the moment. But I've been out on my push bike pretty much nearly every day out in the sunshine, out in the fresh air, and that's really been helping. And I guess music has always been there for me and I guess catching up with up on bands that I haven't listened to their latest release or something like that or even I collect a lot of different bands. You know, I like getting every song possible and I like going back through the internet and trying to find some early songs and stuff like that. So I've been keeping up to date with my collections. I guess just trying to stay in contact with friends and family is always important. And what kind of interesting discoveries musically have you found during these times? At the moment, I've been listening a lot to uh, Leading Knees Club, Alex Wall, and all these other projects. He's had a lot of projects in the years, so I've been going back. And even some songs that haven't been released from them, there's just been like live videos on YouTube, so I like to rip the audio of that and sort of have a bit of an archive in that respect. And then also, like even through that, when Bandcamp, that 24 hours, waving their revenue share, I got a lot of cool albums through that try to support a lot of local bands. I got the latest Smith Street album. They did like a live album, so that was good to download. Also some other bands, Gloom in the Corner, I downloaded their new album and just trying to support as many bands as I can. 
I would suspect my listener would understand the importance of buying the physical, the merchandise, the, the music from the actual stores, not just streaming. But I want to ask you as an artiste who relies on that particular income stream when it comes to your music, how important is it for people to actually physically buy one of those 50 TV dinner CDs or to actually pay yeah. for it on Bandcamp? Yeah, like I've always personally enjoyed the tangible object. Like I love buying cassettes and, and vinyl and I still buy heaps of CDs. Personally, for me, I love the quality and I love the idea of sitting down and listening to an album and focusing on that album and just relaxing. I think with my band in particular, it's been on a compilation tape years ago, which is just awesome to be on something physical. It was like hot pink and everything. I loved it. I bought a couple of copies of myself because I'm just a fan of that type of format. In terms of like CDs and vinyl, I, I'm hoping, you know, when when we're all back to playing live gigs and, and going out, I think a lot of people are going to be keen to support not only the venues, what they do, but also the local bands and stuff like that. Let's look at the calibre of the bands that are on your compilation that you've put together with your mates called Banding Together for Support Act. Who can you suggest, maybe don't play favourites, but who should we be having a bit of a listen out for on this particular release? Well, as we said before, there's such a wide range of genres. Like it's, uh, you can get pretty heavy there, you know, here and there. Are you talking about, are you talking about Run There, which is a band I've never heard of who sound very much like a Mark of Cain? Yeah, that's uh, my mate, uh, my mate Jack, who helped me put together this compilation. That's his band. And, uh, yeah, they're awesome. Really, yeah, quite hardcore. But, you know, I, I sort of love, I love all the different changes of, of the genres on there. A lot of the bands, it's even hard to put a genre onto them, you know, like everyone just does their own thing, which I love. People are probably thinking, well, you know, I can just go and listen to music, but what would be the draw card in actually bringing their ears to a compilation like this? This is your chance to do a bit of an elevator pitch for it. I think everyone likes to help other people. And I think the trade-off with this compilation is, you, you know, hit two birds with one stone. You can be Supporting a charity like Support Act, you know, one of the only charities that does help musicians and music workers that are going through a rough time, obviously during this time with them being unable to play uh, any gigs or have any real income. And I think the trade-off would be, yeah, you spend um, a bit of your money, you can help the charity, but you can also get 18 awesome bands that you can listen to in your own time. And hey, you might find your next favourite band, who knows. We're currently joined by Nathan Williams. He is one of the spokespeople for the Banding Together for Support Act compilations available on Bandcamp. If you're looking for it, head along to Bandcamp, put those details in. They're now probably taking a little bit of the revenue from it, but it still will support Support Act in the long run. Nathan, in our final 10 together, can we have a chat regarding, whilst you're online, Backburner Records? Because I believe they would have a philosophy very much tied into what you've done with this compilation. At the very least, do it yourself. When was Backburner Records first established? Well, my bandmate Jake and, and I, we, we put together Backburner Records, I think back in 2016 when we were releasing our band TV Dinners, uh, we released some, you know, a demo and stuff like that. And we just, I guess it sort of was a bit of a fake label at the start, something to release under so it looks a little bit more professional. Now, like, I don't know, we, we put on a show into uh, maybe two years ago now. We did, a, we did a show in collaboration with one of our favourite record labels in America, Burger Records, which are very big on DIY themselves. They did a thing, they do it every year. It's called Burger Revolution, where they get people to run gigs under their uh, burger banner all over the world, all in different countries, all, all on the same date. So we ran a gig 
in collaboration with them, which was awesome. But since then, we hadn't really done too much until this compilation. And then now everyone seems to be supporting it. We're sort of like, all right, let's, let's see what else we can do and go from there. You're trying to help other people or even inspire people to just release music themselves or make their own label. I feel like there is a renaissance for the do-it-yourself record label. I'm not too much across it, but you obviously are within it. Despite what's happening, I guess, globally at the moment, a bit of a fertile ground for DIY? Yeah, definitely. Like, in particular, my bands, we're sort of garage rock. It sort of works in with the aesthetic. But sometimes it just comes down to that's all you have. Like, if you want to do a video or you want to put together a zine or you want to put together a compilation, it really just, it, all it is, is obviously you've got to put your time into it, but you just got to do it. For some bands, like, without doing it yourself, you'd never be able to do certain things, like music videos and stuff like that, because the price point it is, it's just unviable. I see it also gives you that expansiveness to do things, as you mentioned, like the zine, but also obviously the other merchandise that comes as part of that as well. But the creative control, how liberating do you find that as a singer, songwriter, musician, and also a record labeler? Definitely. I think it's really important for all artists to be in control of what they're releasing. And I guess you've got to stay true to yourself as much as you can. I feel like even though it is DIY, like do it yourself, I've sort of changed that recently into do it yourself with your friends. Make it a collaboration. Involve involve different people. Involve different people you know that do different things. Like your friend might do graphic design or they might do audio engineering or they might do video film. You know, get them involved, see what they're gonna offer and I think it benefits everyone. By the time we release this, it's quite possible that your isolation recording idea will be out and about a compilation possibly thereof. Of course, we'll have details in the show notes if it has eventuated, and I have a very strong feeling in my waters that it will happen because of the drive that you've put forth of doing a release within 24 hours. Seriously, like, how cool is that? What are you doing, Nathan, whilst you're in isolation, musically speaking? Uh, because a lot of, I should I should preference it by saying a lot of musicians are saying they're not feeling very creative whilst they're in isolation. They're not feeling very connected to their music. How are you going about that? What are you creating in isolation? Yeah, that's really interesting. Like I think if people, if all they do is music, it probably is a bit of a weird time. They can't get out and be influenced by all the stuff the world has to offer. But personally, like I have a, I have to have a day job, you know, which I, which I love. And that sort of does pay the bills, you know, the behind the scenes to do the music. And unfortunately, yeah, obviously I have to finish up work a couple of weeks ago. But now I've had all this time and yeah, I can actually put together this label instead of it being like a, we used to joke it was just like a fake record label. I think we're still going to keep that anyway, but I can put together compilation albums and, you know, we can, we can design, you know, a website for it now and we can try and get other bands, see if any, any bands want to release anything through us and help them, you know, distribute it online or organize a physical release. I think, yeah, I've had so much time to do things. It's just hard to do it one thing at a time. And what about your own musical output? Has that had a bit of a boost during this time of no work in isolation? Oh, yeah. Like my contribution to the compilation will hopefully be just a a song that I'm going to write to a drum track that I got off. One of my favourite bands called Fiddler, their drummer Max, he put a post out on Instagram. If anyone wants any drum tracks, DM me. Fiddler's one of my favourite bands in the world, so... That was awesome to get in contact with him. And I just told him, just just record a drum track for me, man. I'm going to write the song to it. 
So that's another artist just giving up their talent to help out another. Yeah, and I, I couldn't believe it. Like one of my favourite bands, to be able to pretty much write a song with him, it's, it's awesome. But I think through the power of the internet, you, you can write a song with someone else. You can still get someone to mix and master your tracks. You can get someone to record a take for one of your songs or, or add a musical instrument you can't play or just collaborate together. I think it's awesome. As you've inspired people to get your recording, the compilation there of Banding Together for Sport Act on Bandcamp, what have you recently, Nathan, got from Bandcamp that we should know about? You should definitely check out a band called, let me get it up quickly, mm-hmm. a band called Western State Hurricanes. And this was a band that was the band that John Roderick, he plays uh, The Long Winters. They're from Seattle. And this is his band before that band. And it was like, really quiet, like, well, I guess deep in the 90s when they were recording it and it sort of was a whole lost album for so long. And they've just recently come together, somehow put it together and released it and it's just an awesome slice of 90s heaven. Getting this picture of you, Nathan, as being a collector so uh, much as you are, that there's such a history that you'll have of these musical groups as well that may not be anywhere else. That sounds like an exciting environment to be isolated within. I got onto the Long Winters and John Roderick through listening to Harvey Danger, another favourite band of mine. Everyone would probably know their hit Flagpole Sitter, but they had a couple of different albums and they all were awesome. Like I've gone back and gotten their demo tape and stuff like that. And then I saw John and the Long Winters did a KXP session and they had um, Sean Nelson from Harvey Danger on it. So that was awesome. Yeah, tracking back the Long Winters into uh, Western State Hurricanes. Yeah, just recently in February released their album, but now I'm sort of going back now. They did release a demo tape in the 90s, so it's very hard to find, but I think the file's on a forum, you know, long ago somewhere, so hopefully some of those links are not dead and still alive. Sort of, I feel like a detective sometimes, you know, but there's a lot of history there. Our time is about to wrap up. Before we do, Nathan, I do want to go back in time, and what first inspired you to take up music? Well, I always used to listen to a lot of music ever since I was a young kid. My dad bought me an iPod, one of the first iPods when I was maybe eight or nine. But we always were listening to the radio and always singing along to the radio. From that point on, it's sort of the next step from listening to music and, and, to, and to playing music is, I guess, being inspired by, by bands. And personally, that for me was sort of maybe, maybe more garage rock bands and punk bands. I'd listen to the music and I'd go, hey, this sounds like something I can do and, and sort of go from there. A big band for me probably to keep, you know, to start playing music was Bleeding Knees Club from Sydney. Yeah, I sort of always would be listening to them and their songs would be little punk songs, three, four chords. I sort of was listening to that and going, you know, I think I can do this. And, and then I sort of started the band and, yeah, we're pretty lucky. A couple of years ago, TV Dinners got to play with them live. So that was a dream come true at the Northcote Social. A nice rounding of the times. I look forward to speaking to you again, hopefully one time, Nathan, about TV dinners and where the band is at. But today was all about the compilation, Banding Together for Support Act, raising funds for Support Act. Well over a $1,000, a couple of thousand dollars even, I'm sure, going towards that very cause in the not-too-distant future. Nathan Williams, thanks very much for joining us. No, my pleasure, John. Thank you very much, mate. Nathan Williams of Backburner Records and spokesperson for the release with funds going to Support Act. That can be found online at Banding Together Comp at bandcamp.com. 
Just from an editor point of view, I'd like to let you know we did try to get Chelsea Manor and have a chat with them as part of today's episode, but at time of publishing, I had not heard back from them. I'm guessing they're very busy at the moment. Uh, they have just released that brand new single that's featured on this compilation, and I saw they were interacting with the National Youth Broadcaster as well to get some airplay. So best wishes to them and all the bands that have given up their music and time for this very compilation. Next time, we'll hear this voice. I do really like tarot as a, as a device for kind of cracking people's brains open. Former National Youth Radio news presenter as well as uh, now broadcaster as part of the ABC's The Signal, Angela Vlopierre will be our feature guest. Radionotespodcast.com for show notes and links. Web design there by Steve Davis. Theme music by Martin Kennedy and All India Radio. I'm Tammy Weller. John Murch is the producer and host based in Adelaide, South Australia.